Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today we're going to talk about surviving the pandemic, but really how to take control of your mind. And I love this quote from Will, Will Rogers. The problem isn't so much what people don't know. The problem is what people think they know that just ain't so. Absolutely. So we're going to go over delusion, restriction, and this was a big awakening for me because I'm, I'm, when I see people that are wearing masks and gloves and doing things that are inconsistent with health and life-affirming activities, and it's actually not really adding to um, their quality of life or length of life. So it's, it's somebody that has a totally different view of the world. So let's just look at this, okay, because we've absolutely wiped out our economy. And you might, you might want to think of a couple of things like, uh, you know, how deadly is the virus? Who's at risk? Who's not at risk? Are masks and gloves really uh, appropriate? Um, closing parks, parks and beaches, does that make sense? And this is not what we're going to talk about. Okay, what we're going to talk about is how to deal with the anxiety and stress that you see when these ineffective and draconian measures are being put in place. So let's just look at facts and what you can do. For number one, when we look at California, now California has a population of around 39 million people. Now, what's interesting, people die. Yes, they do. In fact, life is 100% fatal. And you are guaranteed to leave this planet dying, okay, or if you're traveling. So, so people will die. We have an average life expectancy around 78. Some people are going to hit 90, 100. If we're living consistently with our environment, we'll make it to 120. So now deaths, normal deaths for California is around 661 per day. And this is out of the world, lifeexpectancy.com. So that means daily deaths are around 661 people every day. That means around 25,000, that means around 240,000 people die annually in California. And that's every year, 660 every day. Now, since the lockdown happened on March 19th in California, and it's April 28th, that's 39 days of lockdown. So 25,000 people have died, 25,779 have died from life. Okay, this means that you're born, you, you, know, you fall off a bike, hit your head, you get run over by a car, die of a heart attack, cancer, um, shot by a jealous husband, whatever. Okay, uh, 25,000 people have died, okay, in the 39 days of lockdown. Now, 1,793 have died from corona in that 39 days. So you actually have point. Uh, 0004 chance of dying from corona in California. Uh, now, that's actually quite a bit less than the national average, because with 54,000 deaths from corona and 330 million people, uh, you actually have um, a 0.00016. Uh, so it's much better to be in California. So... <laughs> 
I mean, the risk is ridiculous. Now, now, so I'm looking at because, again, this is where my judgments are coming. When I see someone wearing masks, gloves, parks cut down, beaches cut down, and nothing's consistent. You got beaches closed in Long Beach and open in Huntington Beach. You got parks open in Long Beach but closed in Huntington Beach. You know, we have these little fiefdoms of San Diego that's blocking off all of the the bike paths. You know, because the these people that are in charge, they're just children. They're exercising power. So when you go to Hopkins Medicine, Johns Hopkins, compare COVID to flu. Uh, COVID, you're looking at around uh, 2,900,000 cases worldwide. Flu is about a billion. So in every statistic, occurrences, um, flu is about three times. In cases of, of occurrence of flu in the U.S., you're looking at between 10 and 40 times the number of cases of flu versus corona. When you're looking at deaths, deaths are a little bit less from uh, the COVID, around 54,000 so far. When in the U.S., it's usually around um, 61,000. So, you know, and also, too, the U.S. CDC doesn't keep track of the flu deaths. They just do a guesstimate. Now, this is hugely important. One of the reasons we're doing this talk is the U.N. came out with an article last week. Uh, U.N. warns economic turndown could kill hundreds of thousands of children in 2020. That means that our reactions to the environment uh, where we're shutting down the economy is that saving lives or costing lives. When I talked about the cost of the, of, uh, the high death rate from poverty and what, is, what does poverty kill last week, hugely important. But let me quote from this article, quote, hundreds of thousands of children could die this year due to global economic turndown sparked by the coronavirus pandemic. Tens of millions could fall into extreme poverty as a result of the crisis. Uh, And it goes on to state, um, uh, well, so far, uh, the virus has killed more than two million uh, people. has infected more than 2 million, killing 138,000 in 213 countries. Compared with adults, children infected with the coronavirus are less likely to have symptoms and more likely to have a mild illness, U.S. and Chinese studies have shown. So we know that poverty is deadly. So what do people need? Okay, now think of this. This, this is, is going to take your mind back. Now, now what I'm needing, I'm needing um, sanity. I'm needing security. I'm needing um, to know what's happening in the future. And that person wearing the mask and the gloves and putting Purell on their skin all over the place, walking around with these angry eyes, ready to snitch on people that aren't wearing masks, what are they needing? They're needing safety, security, connection. Okay, so we're all needing the same things. And needs that are required to sustain an enriched life. You can, I'm going to bring up a couple of slides because we're going to use a lot of nonviolent communication. So, so if you look at the person with judgment who has the mask and the gloves and everything else and they're walking around, I mean, I'm looking at parents Walking the kid, the child, a baby who doesn't have a mask, the mom will have a mask, and the dad doesn't. 
And it's how does that work? You know, it, we're going to go over the science of the masks, but is if you're looking at something or someone or some event has completely bad, horrible, negative, okay, you're missing the big picture. If you're looking at an event has completely perfect, amazing, positive, you're missing the big picture. There is a duality to everything on the planet. There is nothing that is 100% bad, okay, nothing that's 100% positive. So let's look at this. Is a loss of personal rights, is that bad? A lot of people would say yes, but people are willing to give up their personal rights for economic freedom. Now, is an economic collapse bad? Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to kill a lot of people. It's going to wipe out and completely change lives. But does that also change values where instead of looking for production or this or that, okay, when, when your work is taken away or reduced or changed, do you start to look at different values, you know, spending time with the family? Um, what, what other kind of things can you do? When you look at a, a loss of religious freedoms or loss of freedom of speech, does that actually make people more aware of censorship? So, so all the negatives that are happening right now are perceived negatives. Can you see it's going to have the antithesis? It, this could literally cause an awakening of the population, utilizing their own brain so they're not programmed. What do they call the TV, like Channel 7, Channel 4, the, the regular? Oh, they call it programming. Yes, okay, so they're programming the population and people are getting aware of the censorship, like forced vaccination. Is that completely bad? Yeah, you're given a bodily autonomy, but what does it do? It creates a public awareness. Instead of people blindly rolling up their sleeves, they're going to be questioning the science behind it and studies behind it. So when we look at Fox News, uh, the, the, the idea of quarantining healthy people is a new process. No one's ever done it before. Okay, quarantining healthy people is a new worldwide phenomenon that was started by a group. So there's no scientific basis on it. In fact, historically, quarantining has been very effective, but you only isolate infected or susceptible individuals. Isolating healthy individuals, shutting all business downs, keeping six foot apart and wearing face masks, not so you can't transfer it, but so you don't touch your own face. So talk about a nanny state. You're going to wear a mask so you don't touch your own face. That's crazy. And then you get, um, what's, what's the fiefdom? Uh, oh, Los Angeles, okay, run by um, Emperor Garcetti. He's going to pay snitches so that each neighbor turns them in. So please, for God's sake, okay, remember this when it comes election time. So let's look at the First Amendment. Now, now I'm looking at this, and, and literally, one of our patients was sitting next to me who's really, really famous, and he, it's, it's like he's one of my idols, and I asked his opinion on the First Amendment. And let me read it. And this is the amendment of our Constitution where we formed the uh, government. Congress shall make no law respecting an established religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof or abridging freedom of speech or freedom of the press or right to people to people peaceably assemble and to petition the, petition the government for a redress of grievances. And I'm thinking, God, that's a great First Amendment. 
Okay, and, and then I looked up free exercise. So think of this. The First Amendment guarantees freedom concerning religion, expression, and freedom to assembly, and also right to petition. Now, you might be saying, well, God, right to petition, wasn't that wiped out by the 1986 law? So you can't address grievances if your kid or yourself has been harmed by a vaccine. Yeah, think freedom of speech with the censorship, okay, uh, is a little bit off. Yeah, that's off too. Uh, peaceably assembled, that's off too. So there, there's a lot of things that we're not really following. But, but going into law at the Cornell uh, University Law School, the free exercise clause, now this was hugely important, um, that the free exercise clause not only protects religious belief and expression, it also seems to allow for violation of laws as long as that violation is made for religious reasons. Wow. So does that mean that if your religion says where two or more are gathered, um, God is there, and that when people want to worship in a building, okay, that um, since this is even breaking the shelter at home in place, that the First Amendment may may support it. Sure does. Now, um, of course, we look at an article we had last week on a fiasco in the making, coronavirus pandemic takes hold. Are we making decisions without reliable data? Absolutely we are. So what are parents really, or what, what are people really going through? Um, anxiety, physical, chemical, emotional stress. So now we got to get in and go over how to correct that. Uh, it's inter interesting. The British Metal J Journal talked about how household activities, working around the house, doing exercises, working, um, just moving. Movement helps. Movement is good. Um, in fact, sports and recreation um, are, are fantastic because they help with health. Inactivity kills. So when we're talking um, shelter in place and we're closing up parks and beaches, I mean, what? <laughs> what power-crazed draconian individual thinks that closing a park is going to stop an infectious rate? It's just mind-blowing. Uh, so um, we're going to bring up waiting for a crisis is too late. Uh, I'm going to bring up Charles Eugster. Uh, now, this guy was brilliant. In his 50s, fat, out of shape, not working, decided to go working out and started in his 50s. By 63, had won 40 gold medals for World Masters Rowing. Uh, at 95, he broke the British record for the 60, 100-meter uh, long jump. I mean, just brilliant. But what's our population going through? Figure six out of 10 Americans have a chronic illness or disease. Four out of 10 have more than two of those diseases. And this is heart disease, cancer, everything. But you're not hearing this in the news. So when we talk about those statistics, about how 7,700 people die every day in America, how 661 die every day in California, what are they dying of? chronic illness or disease. So let's look at disease and the body in a totally different fashion. For one, there's an innate intelligence in your body. Now, most disease symptoms are a body adapting to deficiency, toxicity, or, or some type of pathogen.
And this is hugely important because if you have a virus, fungus, bacteria, they're all around you. And in, in fact, the coronavirus will eventually affect just about everyone in America. And about 85% statistically won't even have symptoms. And then you got around 15% that are going to have mild to moderate symptoms. And less than one-tenth of 1% are going to have some type of real negative reaction like death. Okay, and those always, 99.9% .9 of everybody that died from the coronavirus has a comorbid condition, either diabetes or obesity or blood pressure or cardiac issues. They're going to have some other secondary issue. So now let's look at immune system. Immune system, it, your digestive system is 80% of your immune system. You have an autonomic system. One part keeps you alive under stress. The other part regenerates tissue. That stress state is what people are in now. When you're walking through the market and you've got a mask and you've got gloves and you're looking at people and, oh, my God, that person doesn't have a mask, you can be totally freaked out. Physical, chemical, and emotional stress. We have to find the solution for that. Now, there's multiple, multiple articles that say that, that gut health, everything else is super important. I think I'm probably going to take those out because this talk will be too long for tonight. Um, so when we know physical, chemical, and emotional stress are the keys to a strong immune system or a weak immune system. So if you're physically, chemically, or emotionally stressed, and this is why, um, I'm actually put on a mask and put that on the front of the mask that masks don't protect you from disease. They just stop you from touching your face. And I got to tell you, I doubt if that works because how many times do you put your hand up to adjust your mask? Um, so what are masks? And again, this goes on belief systems. When you look at the uh, California Department of Public Health, CA.gov, they say that um, they, they don't actually don't mandate face coverings be worn statewide. And when you look up how well do face coverings work to prevent COVID-19, quote, there's limited evidence to suggest coverings by the public during a pandemic help reduce disease transmission. Absolutely. When you look at uh, MedPage today, April 6th, did a great study on four people that are actually infected with COVID spitting in a Petri dish or coughing in a Petri dish. They did it without a mask, with a surgical mask and with a cotton mask. And they found it, it didn't really protect. And there was a huge amount of virus on the outside of the masks, not on the inside. Why would that be? Because the heat from your breath can kill it. So dealing with all of these crazy frustrations, okay, the, the, the things that drive me crazy are the lack of data and, and the public going along without any, uh, any questioning. And people should be questioning, like, why, why can you go into Walmart and get, um, you know, your prescriptions, but you can't get a DVD? Why, why can you get food? And I know the premise is, well, you can't be in there shopping too long because you can spread. Is that accurate? Okay, does close contact from healthy individuals spread a disease? No. If anything, we want healthy individuals exposed to this so they can mount an immune system like 85% and be better.
So how do we communicate with people? First, nonviolent communication developed by Marshall Rosenberg, and this is brilliant. Um, nonviolent commu communication, four things you got to do. Observe, but observe what you actually see. Okay, feelings. Okay, express only your clear feelings, not what other person people are feeling. Your needs, be clear and concise. Okay, and your request, and this is going to be ideal. So it, it seems simple, observation, feelings, needs, and requests. But when you're observing somebody with a mask, are they scared? Maybe not. Maybe they're safe, feeling safe and protected. So all of these things that I'm putting on that person for wearing a mask that's completely ineffective, that, that adds to my anxiety, just they're wearing a mask. Are they putting toxic Purell on the skin that can actually pierce the skin and cause more damage and weaken the immune system response? Absolutely. But what are they doing? They're just putting a cream on their skin. It's not affecting me. So when you look at others, some people that are walking in a park that has a sign that says you shouldn't walk, uh, that can upset people. If you see somebody without um, a, a mask on, um, is your observation that they're not wearing a mask or they are wearing a mask? Because that's what an observation is. If they're not wearing a mask and you say, look, they're being dangerous. They're, they're infecting other people. They're, they're a, a cause. Please, let me call the mayor and get my snitch fee. Okay, this is where um, a judgment on impulse uh, can actually negatively affect the health of our, yourself and the health of society. And this is hugely important because we have thousands and thousands of years of training, okay, to be educated with force. Now, if you're going to give advice, and this is hugely important, um, giving advice without being asked, okay, is, is a violation. Uh, so if you're seeing somebody that's, that's putting Purell on their, on their kid's face, okay, or some type of, of uh, cleanser like that, and you know it's harmful to the kid, you have to ask permission first. Uh, and, and think of it, would you be open to some different information or input on what your actions are? Or would you be open to some more advice or, or input on uh, the mask wearing? And you have to be able to accept a no. I know that's tough, but when somebody goes in and says, hey, look, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, uh, not, not open to information, then please accept it. Please accept it. Because... Um, in, in order to transfer information, it, they, you have to have a willing host. You really do. Uh, now, observation is hugely important. Look at sight, sound, just the facts. I mean, think, think of Dragnet 13, just the facts, ma'am. And try and avoid good or bad, right or wrong, appropriate, inappropriate. When you're observing without judgment, this is the greatest thing in the world you could do. And like whatever your views on spanking are, they're your views. If I see someone hitting a child, that bothers me because I think that there's better, more effective ways to teach a kid. However, if you were raised in an environment where you thought spanking was appropriate, you might think that parents disciplining and educating that child 
to to give that child safety and a better life. Okay, so so to observe, um, say a mask, or to observe the restrictions, just observe it. Okay, to say that that is a mask, or that's a sign, or that's a restriction, or that's a beach closer, without without judgment, and that's that's going to be hard to do. I'm telling you right now. Then, because without judgment, um, the, figure we've needed judgment since we were little in order to survive. You know, you're walking down the street. Is that alleyway safe or dangerous? When you're walking, when you're putting mask and gloves on, uh, is that it? Are you protecting, or are you spreading germs, or are you adding fear? You know, what does it do when you put a mask and tell a child to stay six feet away and to don't hug grandma? Uh, how does that kid's brain going to react? So try and observe without judgment, which is hard. And then you have to express your feelings. And this is hugely important because you've really got to open yourself up for, um, for what, what is actually in your heart. And, and, and it's, it's really tough because um, one of the things I tell my docs, never ask, how are you feeling? How are you sleeping? How your body is functioning are all appropriate. Uh, but when when you say, um, uh, uh, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm this. I'm that. And they're going to be expressing their feelings in all sorts of different ways, which is not clear. See, one of the things behind nonviolent communication is the clarity of communication. So observation without judgment, hugely important. Uh, expressing your feelings. And even if you're going to fish, if you're talking to someone and, and they're not skilled in communication, but they, you could tell there's something wrong, go fishing. Are you feeling sad because your need to being understood isn't being met? Are you feeling angry because you're needing to be heard? Are you feeling frustrated because of your need of connection? Okay, so, so go fishing if you're trying to connect with someone and give them a suggestion, which is hugely important. And we're going to cover all of this tonight. Okay, just know that, that if you communicate to someone, ask their permission first. Say, you know, I may have some information on the virus infectivity and immune system if you'd be open to hear it. And if they are, beautiful. Turn them on to some natural health websites. Have them... Um, you get aware of the real numbers and tell them to turn on certain videos or things so that they can affect their life in the positive. Also, do what you can for fun. I mean, if you like educating yourself, get together online. Do what you love. Go for a walk outside. And when you're walking outside, for goodness sake, do not have restrictions on your, your breathing. Okay, the mask is recommended only to stop you touching your face. And I think that you are all adults and you could choose whether you want to rub your nose or not. Okay, you don't need something that restricts your breathing. Enjoy your life. I mean, look at the things. Look at the opportunities. You may have uh, not even know if your job's going to come back. Okay, you may not, not see how society is going to change for the positive and for the negative. 
So do what you do for fun. Now, now look at the other things that are, are being done now. I mean, alcohol, drugs, food. A lot of people are getting into, now why would people want to do alcohol, drugs, and food? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, when you're in a stress state, you've got that sympathetic dominant state that's firing off like crazy. And in order to have a calming effect, people will eat something. Why? Because that stimulates the parasympathetic effect. Um, drink something that has a calming effect. Okay, drugs, a lot of drugs, okay, are an outlet for someone that's in a chronically stressed state. So those actions, even though they're not as life-affirming as, as, say, walking in the park, walking outside, exercising, um, the person that's doing the alcohol, drugs, or food is actually doing it to protect themselves. I also recommend the Demartini breakthrough process. Brilliant. You cannot control the event, but if you change your perception of that event, you can control the outcome. Emotional freedom technique is fantastic. And I encourage you to look at our, our, our tape series on um, nonviolent communication. I think I have three videos on that. It is brilliant. This method built by Dr. Marsha Rosenberg is amazing. If you're going to learn neurolinguistic programming, look at body posture, volume, intonation, and breathing. Um, look at meditation, meditation daily. But when you're doing this, try, try and do repetitive where you're uh, approaching people without judgment. You just have straight observations so you can develop that connection. Because once you develop that connection with somebody that has a different belief system, that's when we change our world. And also, too, if you're having challenges with your partner, do the 90-day challenge. That means for 90 days, you live as if your partner was full of love and joyous and the greatest um, connection of any relationship you've ever had. And at the end of 90 days, you can either hang out and enjoy life or separate, and you'll be okay. We're going to cover all this stuff tonight. Okay, this is Dr. John Bergman. You'll be okay. God bless you. I love you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.